0: To treat this like a business, you need to start making educated decisions on everything, on technicians, on sales guys, on, on just the, the whole contracting side of it. So that's why we came up with DataCube. We want to be able to display live KPIs for contractors so they can make educated decisions.
2: Hello, contractors, and welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades. Today's guest took his Southern California heating and air shop from zero to 30 million in just four years. Seriously, he's telling the truth. Founder and CEO of NextGen, Ishmael Valdez, has quite the personality and a talent for business. This episode is filled with tips for contractors looking to scale and who want to learn more about Ishmael's rapid growth strategy. Enjoy. Ishmael Valdez, welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades podcast. Hello, how are you guys? I'm doing very well. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Good. I'm good. After that webinar, was, um, it got me pumped up. It got me um, hyped up.
2: Yes. Um, So for the folks listening, I'm going to put this in the introduction, but me and Ishmael just did a fantastic webinar on top KPIs every contractor should track. He talked about how he went from zero to 30 million in four years with the magic of KPIs. And honestly, it was probably one of the best webinars I've ever done. So I think you guys should check it out.
0: Thank you. But right (laughs)
2: now, right now we're pivoting from a presentation style to just a conversation. So I would really love to know, Ishmael, how you got into the trades?
0: I got into the trade when I was um I think I was 17 or yeah I think I was 17 years old um I was I was in high school working for an auto supply house and I was passing by um um I was going to I was 17 I think we were going to a party that weekend or that Friday order and I was passing by a street called Cerritos in Anaheim and I saw a now hiring sign um outside of like a this huge warehouse and at the time I had like a whatever job it was like a you know I was getting paid like minimum wage order. And um, I walked in there and I was like, hey, you know, might as well apply. I'm going to go pick up a shirt. I'm going to go buy a shirt right now. Let me just apply, see what it's all about. So I went in there, applied. And the guy that was working there was um, was um, um, this guy named Richard. Um, he brought me into the trade. He talked to me for like five minutes. And he's like, dude, when can you start? And I'm like, well, I have a job right now. And he's like, yeah, can you like start right away? like? Like you already know what we do. Like I was doing the exact same thing for auto parts that, that they were doing for air conditioning, just pulling parts and giving them to contractors and charging them, and you know, and and doing all that. And um and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll start on Monday. But the job that I had was a nothing job owner, so he brought me in and um, on Monday, and you know, he's he he started teaching me all this like parts about heating and air conditioning, and I didn't know anything about the trade. I didn't know I was in a nothing about contract. I didn't even know never paid attention to heating and air conditioning because we never had it my, my whole life. We never had air conditioning in our home. So, so he started like teaching me like all these parts and whatever. And like within the first week, um, like I started memorizing all these part numbers. That's the one thing I have that I probably have the most like, like I couldn't remember everything detail by detail. I could remember part numbers. I could remember like, even to this day, I can, I could probably tell you what the prices are from what we were pulling, um, those part numbers for and like within the first week, he just like, you know, I know it's gonna take you like a, a, a couple months for you to learn where they're at. And I was like, no, just give me a list. He gave me a list of like 20 items. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get them ready for you. And I went in the back of the warehouse, started like I memorized all the SKU numbers and when they were at. So I started pulling their order and like 10 minutes later, I come back in the in the, in the the front counter and I give him the list and I was like, oh, it's ready. He's like, who helped you? And I was like, nobody. He's like, what the hell? So he like took interest in me right away. Like I was in the warehouse probably for like a month or so. And then he's like, dude, you need to come over here. Like how the hell did you memorize all these numbers? Right. And I, like I said, my, my whole life, I've, mem- I've had a good memory and yeah, he pulled me in the counter and he started teaching me like, you know, like, Hey, these guys are going to come in. They're going to ask you for things. You know, you're going to write them down on a paper, give them to the guy in the warehouse. He'll pull them. You come back, you print it and you charge them on a credit card check and then you let them go. Right. I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds easy. Right. So I started making friends with all these guys because uh, at the time there was three guys in the counter and they have been there for 20, 25, 30 years. Right. And they're, um, you know, they're older Caucasian guys and they didn't really know a lot of Spanish. And obviously I'm, you know, I'm Hispanic. I, I know Spanish fluently. And that's what helped me like boost. Like, like I literally, like, well, since I started at the counter, like, you got to understand, like most of these guys going into the counter were Hispanic installers, technicians, sales guys, right? Like 80, 90% of the people going in there to, to buy things were Hispanic. And I'm talking to them in Spanish and making friends with them. And now there's like lines of people trying to talk to me, right? And like they're like they're feeling more comfortable and I'm attracting more customers, right? And more people are like coming in the store and like I started making friends with them. And, um, you know, they kept leading to like me talking to contractors and me learning about how to install it, you know, up to this day, like, like I know how to install it. I'm not the best installer. Like I know how to troubleshoot it. I'm not the best, you know, like I don't like I know how to do it, but like I I don't I'm not, you know, not the best at it. Right. I, I bet if I get into it, then I would probably be the best, but not, um not not right now. I don't know how to install that good. I know how to troubleshoot, I know how to maintenance, all that, but I, I do know that that I'm in the people business and and I learned how to communicate with people and how to put them in the right place. So that's how I got in the trade. I started making friends at Howard Industry, technicians, installers, owners of companies, you know, little smaller companies, sales guys, everything. They just started asking for me like people would be on hold for five, 10, 15, 20 minutes, just trying to talk to me because I would, I started learning how to troubleshoot them over the phone. And I started teaching them about the benefits and features of the systems. And I started really like getting into it and, you know, and that's how it kind of rolled from there.
2: Dang. So you basically came in at this parts warehouse when you were a teenager, did you have any plans to go to college or anything like that?
0: I did see the the thing is that in, in school I did really, really freaking good. Like I know it doesn't look like it, but like seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, I think I to eleventh I think eleventh was when I started not doing so good. I started like working too much and all that. But like seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth, like I was pal president, I was student council member, I was four point GPA, like and to me it was like school was so boring. Like I never wanted to be there because I felt like my time was being like, not, you know, and, um and I always wanted to go to college, but life took a different route. You know, my dad got into a, a huge back um, problem and they had to do like a, like literally put a big old uh, stainless steel spine around his whole spine. Like my dad has had, my dad rest in peace, had a cut like probably like 18 inches right down his back. And that happened when I was leaving uh, high school. So it was not there wasn't time for me to be like, oh, should I go to college or like, do I need to help my family with bills and all that? So, you know, I had to work me and my older brother had to get out of, um, you know, thinking that we're going to go to college. And we had to, you know, take a job and help my dad pay bills and help my family pay, you know, the food on the table and, you know, and the rent and all that. So, yeah, I, but I've always wanted to go to college. I'll probably do it like after I... You know, I, I figure out like what the next step is after the hundred million dollar goal. I'll probably go back to college because I've always wanted to see what my mind could be taught in that scenario. But yeah, I didn't go to college, but I, I uh, think that's one of that's probably going to be one of my next goals after I finish. See what next gen uh, leaves.
2: That's awesome. And by the way, my best friend uh, during childhood, Kayla had that back surgery. It is gnarly. I know exactly what you're talking about. That scar
0: is He was out for like a year. He was out for like a year, two years. I don't even know how long he was out for. Like he literally couldn't do anything. He was a vegetable.
2: I'm sorry about that. That must've been tough on you guys, (laughs) but it, but it led you to the career that you have now. So did you go from, so you were in the warehouse shop and then did you become a technician? Did one of these owners that you befriended, did they say, come to my shop and I'll, I'll train you to be at HVAC tech?
1: No.
0: So, um, and I don't want to sound arrogant or cocky guys. Like I'm like, I want to make this like super clear. Like when I was at Howard industry, i probably got offered a hundred, a hundred different jobs. Like everybody that like, they wanted me to be a technician. They wanted me to be a sales guy. They wanted me to go out there and do another operation. And they wanted like everybody, all the contractors saw something right in me, just like Richard saw something and they wanted me to like go help them out. I never felt comfortable because like the guy that I was working for, like was taking so like, dude, I was making so much money at Howard industry, like, and they loved me there. like so I never wanted to leave because dude, like Jeff taught me a lot about business, but then he'd also taught me like to be loyal. Right. And then number three, like he taught me so much. Like I never wanted to leave until this one guy, you know, his name's Ken star, a good friend of mine. He had his own business um, home comfort USA. It was called American comfort at the time. And he had been doing it for like a year two years. And, you know, he was like struggling going up and down, but he sold me on it. And he like, he came in there and he kept like telling me like, man, you know, all the installers, you know, all the technicians, you know, all the sales guys, you know, everybody like I'm going to start my own company and like help me operate it and structure it. And, you know, I'll take care of you. And yeah, you know, I did it. I finally like he gave me a, a, a you know, huge salary. He, he, he I, I remember the time that um that he signed me up. It was like around Christmas time. He sent me. Me and my wife to go see uh, LeBron James, which LeBron James, I'm the biggest fan in the world. He sent me to go see the Lakers games again, Lakers against uh, um, the Lakers against uh, the Heat, I think it was at the time with LeBron. And I think we sat that next to LeBron's uh, wife, and that's how he got me. I was like, all right, I'm in. So yeah, and then I went. I worked for him for for a while. I we structured the company. That company grew fast. I think we went from zero to like 20 mil, I want to say like in four or five years. So that was my first reaction to growth. Like I saw him and like he did into, and, and and not to discredit him or anything, because he did a lot in the company too. And I ran the operation, he ran, you know, the sales and, and the financials and all that. I wasn't really involved in that. I ran the everyday operation, you know, making sure the installers got there, making sure we assigned installers, collected customer concerns, um, manage the operation. But that was my first exposure to contracting where, I honestly like when I went in there and I saw the all the pieces working together. Like my mind exploded. Like I couldn't wait. Like I could. I couldn't stop thinking of of how we can do this faster. Or how we can make this increase uh, uh, in, in in revenue. Like how can how can we like how can we do what we did in four years? Can we do it in two years? Right? Can we do it in one year? Like that was my whole thing, trying to compress time right? Because when I say we went from zero to $30 million, like guys, like that was like, it's not skill. It's not like I, I like I'm the gift to, to heat in air conditioning. By all means, I'm not, I just hustled hard and you know, I compressed time. It takes what we did in, in four years. It takes 20 years, 25 years. Right? So we, all we did was compress time. And that's what I'm addicted to is finding out how I can do it faster, how I can do it better how I could do it more efficient. So, Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, it sounds, like, it. it sounds like Ken really appealed to your entrepreneurial spirit, to your need yep. to want to learn how business functions, how it works. And that's really what took you out of the warehouse. Yep. Talk to me about how you transitioned from your role, your job with Ken to NextGen, which is the company that you are the so, CEO and founder of now.
0: So Ken and me and Ken ended up in really bad terms towards the end of the journey. But to this day, and I probably never said it to his face, and I probably never said it to him. Um, I had a couple conversations ever since I left that that place. But I can honestly, like most people would 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 hate him for what he did to me, and and would never talk to him. But I cannot thank him enough for for everything that he did. Like the the one thing that that, that he did is that um, he let me live my dream because of the things he did, the actions that he took, right? And me parting ways and going my own way. That's why next gen is here. That's why we're able to have this conversation. Because if he wouldn't have done what he did, I would have still been there. I would have still been hustling. I've still been trying to figure out how to do it faster, how to do it bigger. We would have probably been over hundred mil already, right? But I can't thank him enough. Honestly, the the what he did and what he opened my eyes to 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 being here now is is exactly why we're here. He opened up my mind uh, you know the, we ended up in bad terms, but I, I move forward from it, and and now you know I get to live, I get to live like honestly, as cliche as it sounds, I get to live my dream. Like this is like Nexion's a badass company. Like not because I own it or not because like I'm trying to pump my chest. Like if I was an employee, I would love to work at Nexion. It is a badass company because
2: of all the people that work there. That's amazing. I really want to talk about your company, but before we get into your culture. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your goal because you mentioned it before. We mentioned it during the webinar, but I want to make sure that we clarify it here. So your goal at NextGen is to get to a million dollars a year in revenue as fast as possible, right?
0: Mm, $100 million a year.
2: $100 million. Oh, yeah, just $100, million, $100 a year. <laughs> Did yeah. I say $100 so I, I,
0: I want to know the process of of, I want to figure out. And, and this is for myself go for my for my self sanity honestly is I want to figure out how many installers how many technicians how many calls how much revenue how much you know how much um, uh, capital like I want to know how much I want to know how far I can push it I want to know how many managers I'm me. I want to know but I want I don't want people to tell me it's like this Rubik's cube that I that I keep that's, that's why it's called data cube right it's like a Rubik's cube what we're building like, you got to put all the pieces together to solve the cube. Your marketing has to be in part, your technicians, your processes, your your sales, KPIs, all that is like a Rubik's Cube, and you're trying to put all the pieces together so the Rubik's Cube can be solved, right? So I'm trying to figure out the Rubik's Cube without anybody looking like looking for a video or looking for classes. Like, I've never been to a business class in life. I've never been to, like, one of those so-called um, good practices groups, the that everybody that most people are in, like I've never been to that and not to discredit them because they're probably amazing groups are in, but I feel like if somebody's going to teach me that way, it's going to take the fun out of what I want to figure out. Like I want to fuck like, I'm sorry. I want to mess up. <laughs> I want to fuck up. I want to make, like, I want to make mistakes, but I, because now that I the journey that I've been in four years, every single mistake that I did got me so strong, like 2019 happened to me and now we're like sitting on the most, you know, the, the, the healthiest the company's ever been because of 2019, the last quarter of 2019 taught me my financials. Right. But if I would have had that been taught to me at a class or something, I would have never gone to 2019. And then it wouldn't have made me this strong. Now I know what I want. Now I know where I need to be. You know what I'm
2: saying? That is, that's tremendously courageous of you. And also I want to take a moment and credit you on your positive mindset. Not a lot of people have that. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. So my next question was, you know, what were some of the obstacles you had to overcome? But before we go to that, you know, you mentioned you haven't been in a best, best, you haven't been in one of the best practices groups. You've never attended a business class. Are you a reader? Are you a listener of podcasts? Like how did you absorb your information? Did you just figure it out? Did you just see things as a puzzle to be solved?
0: I figure things out on an everyday life thing. I don't, I, I, I can't read because I'm like, like I got to have something in my hand. I have to have a Rubik's cube in my hand. I have to have a marker in my hand. I have to be cleaning my desk. I have to be like, my mind has to be spinning or it's not working. So I can't read a book. Um, I can't sit still enough to, to, to listen to, to a podcast because if I listen to it, then like my mind starts spinning somewhere else. So everything that has happened is literally been on mistakes that I've done. Like, you know, everything that, that, that got next to this point has been, you know, everyday learning, like, I've never had a, like, now we have a business plan with like that covers our financials, but like, I don't go based on like, well, you know, for every CSR, you got to have five technicians on the field or for every manager, you got to have, like, I've never not want to do that because I want to know like this world that we live in now is way different what they were trying to teach us. Right. So that's why it's not to discredit the best practices groups. I just don't believe in them because the world that we live in now is, is, is way different. And, and I want to go through the everyday hustle, everyday grind, everyday struggles to figure it out myself because I get gratitude. I get instant gratification. It makes me feel good. It's like it's like I'm chasing. It's like I'm chasing that feeling. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's it, I'm chasing the the mistake to fix it so I can feel good. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Actually a lot of stand-up comedian a lot of stand-up comedians say the reason they perform live is for that instant gratification, that instant high. I'm very familiar with it. Talk to me about two thousand talk to me about 2019. I know you covered it briefly in the webinar we did. So to my understanding, you grew incredibly fast in three years and then your overhead caught up with you. What did that look like? Yep.
0: So I'm going to tell you guys the huge secret, not a secret. I, I want, I'm going to give you guys huge information. Okay. And, I, and, and I'm doing it because maybe it's going to help you guys. And maybe it's going to, it's going to save you guys from going that same path that I did, you know, growing that big takes a huge toll on your life, both personally and both physically. Right. Growing from zero to you know 24 million dollars in three years, and then 20, 30 million dollars on your fourth year, you're compressing time, right? It, normally, the norm is to do this in a 20-year, 20 25-year period. Well, not only are you are you growing fast, but you're also compressing all those headaches. So imagine like all those warranties, all those. Customer concerns, all those customer complaints, like what takes twenty years and 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 twenty years of headaches that you can deal with in twenty years, we did it in four years, right, so it was fast actions, fast actions, fast actions, the customers complaining, go take care of them right uh, we installed we probably installed over twenty thousand systems already there's twenty thousand systems that get turned on every day every every summer, right well, all that costs is expense, and that's what we didn't budget for is knowing that. All those 20,000 systems, all those 50,000 repair calls that we've done, all those customer tune-ups that we've laid our hands on that now we're liable for, we didn't expense for that, right? So 2019 happened to me. All that caught up to me. My overhead, I was, you know, I was heavy inside the office. I was heavy in management. I was, I was not, tr- I was tracking my marketing good, but I wasn't tracking it to the level that we're tracking in now because of DataCube, right? Um, So 2019 happened because I took my eye off the the profit and I put it on the top line revenue, right? And we were just installing, 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 and then it caught up to me. And that's when 2019 happened. We didn't make as much money as we should have. But again, thanks to that, you know, we came back and we restructured the whole company. We redid our whole pricing, guys. We, we, we cut expenses on marketing that wasn't being affected. We, we literally looked at every single light item on the PL. We started trimming it down. And, you know, there was, you know, there was some things that had to be done for the company to be healthy. And we didn't We execute The one thing that, I, that um, I give myself credit to, and this is probably one of the few, is that I'm super fast. Like I am, like as soon as something goes wrong, I execute quick. If a customer calls in saying, oh, you guys it, do it, take care of them now. Send a technician, move some calls, take care of them. Because that feeling that they're feeling, they're feeling it now. So if you wait two, three, four days, that feeling is going to go away and they're still going to have a bad taste in their mouth. But if you change that experience right then and there, then that feeling goes away with it too. So now you got a pissed off client to a really happy client because you took, I took, we take actions here. In a snap of a second, yeah. You know what I'm saying?
2: Hundred percent. And that's the that's the background of your name. Next Gen stands for next generation.
0: Yep, that's exactly what it means. The next generation of contracting. The I feel that in the next two to three years, it's going to be a bunch of young punks like me. You know, a bunch of young hustlers trying to make money off this. You know, trying to make a good living off this because you can have a very, very, very good living off this. If you do it right, if you do it right and, 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 and you keep your, your goals and you keep your, 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 your mindset strong, you can make a really de- decent living here. But I feel like the next generation of contracting is going to be a bunch of young punks like me trying to grind here.
2: I a hundred percent agree with that. And I feel like we're at a precipice where we have a lot of kids that are going into college, taking on a tremendous amount of debt for something that isn't doing anything for them. And as we just learned from the pandemic, the stuff that you do, heating, plumbing, air conditioning, that is recession proof. People are always going to need to be able to control the temperature in their room. They're always gonna need clean water and access to indoor plumbing. And the, the young industrious minds like yourselves are recognizing that I'm not going to try and develop the next Facebook. Facebook already exists, and it kind of sucks. Yeah. So let me actually think about a business that will always be in demand and how I can optimize it. And I think folks like you who developed DataCube, and we'll get to that in a second, are really taking the industry and even service titan to an extent and putting it forward, You know, making it technologically forward. So talk to me about DataCube because you're a total data nerd. We literally just did a webinar on it. You gave all your KPIs. <laughs> DataCube is the tool that you're developing to push service tightened data through these dashboards that look at everything marketing, technician KPIs, CSR KPIs, financial KPIs, sales KPIs, right? Yep. How did you develop it? Mm-hmm.
0: So because of 2019, because I was so because I was so negligent to my to my data, I didn't pay attention to it. All I wanted to do is install, 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 keep collecting money, keep getting more customers, keep, you know, running them through the process. And and now I learned Tom taught me a lot um when he came in here. And now I learned that this is a this is not a hustle anymore. This is a business, and now we got to treat it as a business. And for order in, in order to treat this like a business, you need to start making educated decisions on everything, on on technicians, on sales guys, on on just the, the whole contracting side of it. So that's why we came up with DataCube. We we want to be able to display live KPIs for because um, for contractors so they can make edu- educated decisions. Service Titan is amazing. And, and, and again, it's powered by Service Titan. Um, we, we're, we're gonna be able to plug it into any to any other um, CS um, uh, uh, dispatching software, but but right now we're using uh, a Titan and we're able to, to display all major KPIs as it's happening so you can make educated decisions on the Snap because the, mo- the world's moving super fast. Like the the one of the one of the dashboards, it's going to be a review metrics, right? You need to be able to track where all these reviews are coming from and when, who's generating those reviews. You need to be able to to track, you know, your your recall of warranty if it's a defective product, if it if it was an install error, if it was negligence. Like you need to be able to track all that because every single aspect of the business needs your attention, and and that's where you design your management team, right? every single part of management has to be designated to one kpi to a certain kpi in the company right you, you i what happened to me in 2019 was because i was trying to do too much by myself i had a couple managers helping me out here and there but i was trying to do it all trying to do it all and now like i have such a badass management team such a structured company that I'm able to do podcasts with you, and I, what this is and this is probably Jackie. This is probably one of the reasons why I was never able to do it is because I was always so busy on, on doing this, doing that, running warranties, talking to clients on the phone, trying to cover up, you know, trying to cover up a, a leak over here or pissed off client. Or I was so involved in the company. So, when DataCube came about, we started doing all our KPIs. We, I started structuring my management team. Now they're going to be held accountable for it. And now we can have a two hour conversation without having my phone ring 100 times, right? And the most important part of DataCube, guys, and again, it's, it's on datacube.ai.com, is, is we're extracting the information. But what are you going to do with that information? right? Service line is amazing, amazing. It, it, it's a blank platform that you can do whatever you want with it. And I don't think people realize that. Most, most CRMs, they'll tell you exactly how to do things, right? You can only do this. You can only do this kind of reporting. You can only do pull this kind of information. You can only do this much. That's it. Service line is so amazing that they're literally telling you, you can do whatever you want. Here's the tools. What do you want to do? You want to track record warranty? Start programming. Right, so we have you know people programming it, so we could start tracking all that. Um, you know, you want what is what is important to you? To me, my home management team is a performance-based management team based on reviews. It's a review-based performance. Why? Because the review-based contractor is here. The next generation of contractors is review-based. It's 100% review-based. It's not referrals. It's you know you can only get so big on oh yeah my you did my uh, my mom's house and you could, you did my cousin's house that's that's only gonna get you so far in life. If you want to start growing, if you want to start um, you know um, whether you want to grow profit or revenue, whatever you want to do, you want to start making educated decisions based on actual information that you're getting from your company, and that's where DataCube came about. You want to start paying attention to every major performance inside of the company. And like I said, my KPIs might not be the same as yours. You might have better KPIs than me for all I care. I know that what works for next is these KPIs and I'm more than happy to, to help you guys out. But, but by all means, when data goes live, which is probably, you know, in the next couple of days with the website and everything, you can, you can modify to whatever you want to track. You know, you can modify to whatever you want to track, but now that you're tracking it, do something with it, do something with it. Right. If you have a weak uh, sales guy discounting a lot, sit him down. Maybe put a different tool on him. Maybe put a different lead source on him. Maybe um, start training him on, on on different products that he can add, so he could, you know, um, uh, increase his average ticket. Those are the kind of things that you want to do with with queue. You wanna you wanna extract the information. You have want to have it live, and then you want to take actions with it. If this marketing source is not working, quit wasting money on it. Drop the marketing source. Go to another. Right. If it's working amazing, keep going, keep going. Find out where that sweet spot is, right? And, and just keep and, and just keep fine tuning it. Like I said, the, the, why it's called Data Cube? Because we're we're getting data, and it's like a Rubik's Cube, right? Like my my wall is gonna be exactly like a Rubik's Cube. It's gonna have nine screens, and I'm tracking all nine major KPIs, and it's what I do with that data, right? Playing with a cube to be able to perform, make my make my company performance better, and you know increasing our profit.
2: (laughs) I really want to hone in and just underline the point you made there, which is you need to implement and you need to track and you need to actually take action on the data that you get. So many people take data and they're like, huh, I'm down. That's interesting. And then they just keep going. You really, really, if you want to grow if your goal is growth, if your goal is to keep uh, us to make a profitable business, you have to be tracking you have to be doing this stuff.
0: And keep mixing what, what, what. Like, dude, look, if you're okay, it goes back to my conversation. You have to have a personal conversation with you, your spouse or wife, whatever it is. Where you sit in life, if you, if you don't want to grow, if you want to grow, if you're young, if you're older, whatever it is, set a goal for yourself. If I wanted to run a ten million dollar company that had twenty percent EBITDA, right? Then, then I'm going to find my marketing mix that gets me to that twenty percent, and then let it ride right? If I want to go to 15, that $10 million marketing mix is not going to work at 15 million. It's not going to work at 20, 30, 40 million. mil, right? Your ticket has to increase. Your, your, your turnover has, to, your ratio has to increase. Your your, your your marketing leads have to, like, you know what I'm saying? Find out what works for you as your goal and then, and, 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 then, and then start improving every single aspect of the business. Start making it more efficient and start increasing the net profit in there. 100%.
2: Talk to me about your team and the culture that you built at NextGen. Uh, you know, you already mentioned so you're obviously a data informed guy, but you just kind of gave a hint there. If you have a sales guy who's underperforming, what's training I can give him? What are tools I can give him? So talk to me about the culture you built at NextGen and why it's so important to you.
0: So the Data Cube Center, which is a, a smart dispatching center that we're building right here across the street from, uh, from our actual shop that we have right now, will be done in like, you know, two, three weeks max um it's i demoed it i I got all the layout they're literally doing drywall and a bunch of paint and all that but the culture behind it like when you walk in there like it's gonna be like a like a like a huge starbucks like it's just gonna be a chill ass like super chill super like i got speakers getting wired in i got It's going to be an open platform. There's going to be a red cube in the middle of the whole building where all the KPIs are being displayed. That's why it's called data cube. And you're going to walk in and there's going to be people. There's literally like a live Starbucks. I'm trying to see if if we could get somebody to like cater to us a Starbucks every day for the, for the girls. So they can be in that trance. Like I'm going to have music playing on the background. There's going to be beanbags. There's going to be, you know, stools. There's going to be couches. Like people are going to be on their phones working. That's what the next generation of contracting looks like. It's not just, hey, how can I help you? Hey, how, like people, like, like I'll give you a perfect example. Yesterday, I was looking for a concrete guy because I want to uh, do concrete uh, polish on my on data queue, right? I was doing everything over text message. I didn't pick up the phone once. That's what the client's going to look like in five, 10 years from now. That is exactly what you need to start working on now, right? In the next, you know, three, four, five years, that voice takes over. Are you ready for that, right? It's not going to be a PPC landing page. It's not going to be a LSA ad. It's not going to be like uh, who has the best website. It's going to be, right, reviews, proximity, and responsiveness, right? Hey, Google, can you send me a plumber? Boom. Who's the, Who's got the best reviews, who's the nearest, and who's the most responsive? That's who Google is going to send. That's what the future looks like, right? And I'm building a center so we can keep up with that. I'm not, I don't want to, I, I want to keep, you know, I want to keep innovating. I want to keep getting to that that point where 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 every year's changing and we're not standing still.
2: So you're like doing a Silicon Valley tech startup but for your HVAC plumbing
0: company. <laughs> That's what the contracting's gonna be, Jackie. Co- contracting is not gonna be your 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 blue your 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 blue collar and and you know you got your your tape measure and your your work truck and you're going out there. That's not what it is. You 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 getting you have to get technology and contracting and mesh it into a pot and that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna get the high efficiency um, contractor. That's what you're gonna get the the educated contractor. That's where you're gonna get, dude. Some of these nerds are gonna step into the contracting world and improve it. You know, for all I know, there's a 28-year-old punk right now that's about to explode another plumbing company or heating and air conditioning company at a way faster rate than me. That's what the world's going to look like in the next five years. You know, it's 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 getting all that technology that that's provided, like service time, like Google, like like all these di- digital platforms that we have, right? It's getting all that and meshing it into contracting to to increase efficiency, to increase profitability, right? One hundred
2: percent. How does uh, your data and future mindedness affect the people that work with you? uh,
0: It's good and bad because there's going to be people that you think that think I'm crazy, right? Which most of them do but the good part is that my upper management team knows I'm crazy. And when I'm telling them this, like I've told them this was going to happen two, three years ago. And and luckily my upper management team has been with me for a while. So when I tell them something, they think I'm crazy. And then it happens. They're like, there he goes again. Right. So like, so like I already told them next year, we're going to be doing 50 installs a day. Right. And I already told them that I'm structuring it so we can do the 50 installs a day, 50 installs a day, dude. Like I, it is freaking insane how many moving parts, how many delivery drivers equipment and and customer satisfaction and going through the whole funnel and, and then making sure that they're, that we install it and collect it, right? Like they see that like that's the one thing that, that i told them and they think I'm crazy right now. But next year when it happens, they're like, you're right. You're, you're right. I'm like, I'm literally structuring everything because I already see it, right? I already seen it. I've, I've, I've already seen this. Now I just got to get them to believe. So the way it affects it, yeah, they think I'm crazy, but I think they're taking it a little bit more serious now.
2: (laughs) Do you find that the way you think about the future and the way you're structuring next gen helps you retain and attract the best technicians and the best CSRs?
0: and, And that, Jackie, has happened this year yeah because uh like it's it's been attracting amazing people for for the last four years like we have a like i said amazing like why next is next why next is so a good company to work with why sex has a good image such an amazing image online on all platforms is because of them not because of me right like i'm one one hundredth of the piece of the puzzle they are the one, the, the, the people that make it happen right so when i sit here and, and, and i say these kind of things it's 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 crazy, but it's real. Like these, like the way I see contracting is, is going to get done. It's it's it sounds crazy, but it's going to happen.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. So um, I obviously, in preparation for today's call, I I spoke through your website. I literally watched everything I could find about you. And before we get into some of the really cool things I think NextGen does, I would love for you to talk to me about your family because they seem to be at the center of NextGen and I really want to better understand how they impact the work that you do.
0: So that is probably like why I wake up every day and why I breathe every day and why like I'm so hyper-focused on what I do because like if I didn't have my wife in my life, if I never met my wife, I would have never in a million years. And I, I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart. If, if my wife would have never stepped into my life and made me the man I am, we would have never had this conversation. Like she gave me Andrea, Sophia, Victoria, and Camila, right. They're, um, they're one, three, six, and eight year old girls. Just like, there's, they're the purest form of love. Like they're the ecstasy of love. You know what I'm saying? like, For me to like come in here and grind for 10, 12 hours, 14 hours, and then go home and feed off their energy. And every single day I get home and it's the same thing. Like they are like, there's never been one day that I get home and they're like, Oh, it's just dad. Like I get home and it's like, I got one here. I got one here. I got, I'm carrying the other one. The other one's pulling my ear kissing me and daddy, 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 daddy. And, and that feeling that I get, knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm gonna grind hard for the next 12, 14 hours every day. And then I go home and I get to feed off their energy and and be with them is why I want it so bad. Why I want the hundred million dollar process, why I'm trying to innovate this industry, why I'm trying to open people's minds to like, you know, it's, it's a different world out here. It's, it's, it's my wife, number one. And then number two, obviously my four girls are just, they're, they're amazing, man. I like, I can't, like I could only be with them for two, three hours because then they like drive me nuts. But like, dude, just two, three hours, I get all the energy I need just to do it again and again and again.
2: I love that. That's awesome. Uh, I could tell how much you <laughs> your family just by, I just saw them in every single video. And I'm just like, oh, wow, this really impacts the business. And I'm sure that that actually resonates with customers and with your with your employees as well.
0: Oh yeah. And, and the girls will come in here once in a while. And my wife will come in here once in a while and they'll run around the whole shop. And you know, everybody's like, Oh, Andre, Andre. like they've seen them grow up since they were small. So it's cool, man. It's like, like, this is my family. This is my work family. And then I got my real family at home. But like, you know, I treat these, the, 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 the my, my team just like family. Like I really, really like, you know, we, we get mad at each other. We argue about things and then we, then we sit down and have lunch and have the baddest conversations in the world. And, you know, and then we get up mad again and argue. And sometimes we don't talk or whatever. It's literally a family in here. We spend, dude, you got to understand, Jackie, we spend 12, 14 hours a day with each other. Like, bro, it's not always fun. It's not always flowers and hearts and like, oh my God, you're amazing. Sometimes it's like, no, we got to get to business. We got to take care of this. We got to do this. We got to do that. Right. And, and the good thing that I've learned is when to turn it on and when to turn it off.
2: Talk to me more about that.
0: So before I was always go, 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 go. Like it was never like, Hey, how's your day going? Or like, you know, like I would never stop for anything. And now the last year that I built my, my management team and you know, the company's doing well and you know, my, 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 uh, my life at home is amazing. Sometimes I just get in there and like the room and I just sit on the couch and I talk to them about, Hey, know what'd you do this weekend? And, you know, and, and and sometimes I see them in the lunchroom and they're eating lunch and I'll sit down with them and I'll grab some chips and I'll, you know, I'll chill with them. And it's like, like, those are the things that I forgot, like, at the first four years because I was so focused. So so now I'm more like, you know, that now the, the what's going to take me to the next level is focusing on them so they can manage the company so they can go to the next level instead of me just trying to do everything myself and me going 100 miles an hour. It's just, you know, making sure they enjoy what they do so they can do it right and they do it, you know exceptional, like how I am on things.
2: I love it. Uh, what does your management team look like? What's the structure?
0: Okay. So we have our general manager, Tony, which Tony's been with me since, since we were in the garage. I think he was like my second, I think he was like my third, fourth employee. Um, he's probably, you know, one of the most loyal people I've ever met in my life. I owe him a a lifetime of gratitude because the one thing that I learned in life is that loyalty is like like the most expensive asset in the world, right? He's been loyal to me for five years. Um, He's my general manager. He takes care of my everyday operation. He kind of took my role instead of me being in there grinding every day. So Tony's the general manager. Zach England's the sales manager. We have two different regions In, in NextGen. We have the East region and the West region. We have four branches on the West. We have four branches on the East, right? We have like 20 technicians on the East and like 18 or 19, 20 on the West. So we have two service managers per region. Right, which on the east region is, is Zach and um, and Tim, and then on the west region is, is Jeff Larson and Bill, right? And they take care of all the service um, everyday hassles, uh, you know, role playing and and, and price approvals and and, and dealing with customer concerns on the service department. Um, Zach England does that for our project manager, which is our, our sales representatives. They do, you know, we have like the like thirteen or fourteen project managers right now, so he takes care of all that. Liz is our office manager. Um, takes care of all the CSRs, all the in-house people inside the office, all the girls in there. I have Ray, which is my HR, and Ray's been with me forever. So all these people that I'm naming been with me forever. But uh, Ray's my HR. He honestly takes a huge headache off me because, you know, there's some customers that we can't satisfy, and there's some customers that, that uh, whether we did it right or wrong or whatever it is, we we always try to make it right, and, and, and he'll take care of the, all the little headaches like that. Um, Laura, which uh, Laura is my um, like my controller, but Laura's my sister too. She's been with me since the garage. I remember I'll tell you a quick story, and I don't want to get off track. But um, I remember when we were in my garage, and um it was just three installers. It was Tony, and it was Laura, and it was me. And I was out there like pushing sales and, and getting contractors and trying to get revenue for these guys so they could. And I remember I called Laura. She was working at Taco about at the time. And I told, her, hey Laura, why don't you come work here, man? Like, you know. Um, I think I need you in here so you can start doing paperwork and and calling customers and all that. Right. And we were in a garage, dude, and we're heating air contractors. Right. And I had Laura go through a whole summer of hell in a garage with a freaking portable air conditioning blowing on her desk. The whole garage is hot, except that little section, And I'll never forget that. But Laura, when I brought Laura, I brought, I think the first words that I told her, I was like, look, like this desk that you see here in this messed up garage doesn't look like much, but there's magic going on here. And um, and I want you to be part of it. And she said, you know, she always liked how crazy I was. (laughs) I've always gotten along really good with her. So so she went in there and she just helped me out and she hasn't stopped ever since. So. Laura does, you know, a ton of things for me. There's also Beatrice. Beatrice is my, my CFO, my accountant. Beatrice has been with me for, I think, four years already. And she like, she's probably like, like the mom I never had kind of thing. She's always watching out for me. Hey, make sure you eat. Hey, make sure you you do this. Hey, have you ate? Hey, take a break. Hey, hey," you know what I'm saying? And um, she's my CFO, my accountant. She's just, she's just a diamond in rough. Laura, Tony, and and Beatrice have been with me through, through hell and back (laughs) for sure.
2: That's awesome. I'm so happy to hear you have a management team that you have such close relationships with and who you can really entrust in running your business. One thing that really surprised me when I was doing some research is that you have uh, four warehouses and an in-house VMI. Is that true?
0: Yeah. So so why we structure the the different operations the way we structure things because I saw then the next wave of of contracting is here and I saw that digital is going to take over for, you know, five, 10 years. Um, so the micro locations are are, are were, were popped about. We have eight locations total, but all these micro locations that we're opening up is because I know that Google, Facebook, um, Yelp, all these different next door, all these different um, digital platforms go based on three major, major things, which is um, reviews, responsiveness to the call or to the review and proximity. Right. So obviously, if you have more locations, more leads, more leads, more, you're able to lead generate more and you're able to um, um, make more cost, more revenue. Right. So when I saw that, that's when I opened up the locations. We have a total of eight locations. We have three operational locations, which is uh, Riverside. Uh, I mean, Orange County is our hub where most of the people work. And then Riverside and Palm Desert and all three of them have in, in-house VMI's. And for people that don't know what a VMI is, it's a vendor management uh, program that, that's um, our vendor Daikin, or you know, our, our private label the uh, equipment that we use. So they put their own people in there, in that, and in, in inside a, you know our shop, and and they distribute parts, material, equipment, everything inside of there. So, so instead of me going to a warehouse, to their warehouse, and, and sending 20, 30, 40 installers to be sitting there for an hour waiting for their equipment and material and all that. We do everything in-house and it's part of why we're so successful and part of why we're so fast is because, you know, we can literally like, as soon as the project manager closes his ticket, we're literally there within an hour. Like that's how fast we are. Like, it doesn't matter what time, what day, like our team is structured on responsiveness and and making sure that our customers get that five-star experience. So why we have the VMIs, why we have the different locations is to cater to our customers so we could get faster
2: and faster. It seems like efficiency is definitely top of mind for you. Yeah so that's why I I wanted to talk about this because I've heard so many people say like, Oh no, I don't keep inventory in house. I don't do, I know we don't keep anything. And I'm like, Oh wait, no, this guy has four warehouses and an in-house VMI. So this is a completely different methodology, but it sounds like the reason you're doing it is one have those locations. So this way, Google, Facebook, Yelp can all see, Oh no, next gens in this area. And also, so when your project manager sells a brand new unit, Guess what? You can have that unit installed the same day, and also that unit has the next gen logo on it.
0: Yep. So it goes back to efficiency. You're saying, Jackie, is like, so um, why we stock everything in house? Because you got to understand, if I have seventy five installers, right, go to a warehouse where they're picking up equipment, material, parts, and everything, and I'm paying them hourly for them to sit there for an hour, an hour and a half, waiting for material and equipment. That adds up every single day to thousands and thousands and weeks it gets to hundreds of thousands of dollars in labor of people just waiting for parts right so the way we operate is we have a full 20 like i think we open for at least 20 hours of the day here where the the shops the operational shops are actually open the installers get here at the at uh, 6.30 a.m., their truck's already loaded. They got material, equipment. They have their tablet from service time. They already have pictures, contracts, everything ready. They get on the truck, go to this job site. They get to the job site. You know, they, if there's any little missing material or special order material, they put it on their tablet. and gets notified to management. And then, you know, we have delivery drivers, you know, uh, drop off the, the the whatever material they have and and pick up trash and then pick up scrap, uh, all that um, within an hour of them doing that list. And so the installers are always installing. They're, they they stay in the job site. The material gets to them. They keep continuing working. Right as soon as they're they're done, they bring back whatever little trash they have, or if they if we miss something, bring them back to the shop. Uh, two shop managers for each location come at 4 p.m. and as those trucks are getting c- coming back with trash and unorganized and all that the the two guys come in here and park them all on the side of the shops and these guys start cleaning and organizing for the next guys to come in at 4 a.m. so at 4 a.m. the guys come in and start loading up all the trucks and start doing it over and over and that's how we become so efficient.
2: <laughs> oh crap, that's really impressive. I've never heard I've literally <laughs> never heard that done before. But you know what actually I'll yeah. say I'll say to this The fact that you haven't subscribed to best practice groups, not saying they're bad in any way, I think maybe has, and the fact that you think the way you do, I think this has opened up next gen to this whole different way of running a service business that no one's thought of before.
0: I 100% agree with it. I think if I would have taken those best practice groups or if I would have taken too much advice from people then think they know or that they know i think it would have slowed down my growth and it would have slowed down the process that i'm trying to build so that's why i say like i try not to listen to many too too many people and and that's the one advice i want to tell everybody like right now right here is guys like there's a ton of people on social media pumping their chest of who they are and what they're trying to do like filter out that advice, man. I'm not telling you, listen to me and I'm the best thing that ever happened, but I am telling you, I do know what I'm doing. And, um, and, and there's some things that I do know. And if you guys have questions, I'm here to help, but try to filter out those guys that, that, that are trying to get co- uh, commoditized this industry by going on social media and trying to, and trying to, you know, penny pinch every contractor of, Oh, listen to me. And I'm going to charge you a thousand dollars a month and listen to how I did. it. it's like, Like I wouldn't charge, I've never charged anybody money for them to come to my shop. And like I said, I've had over, you know, 50 different contractors come to my shop and, and tour it around and ask questions to my management team, to myself, they see the cube, they, they see the whole operation. And hopefully I help some of them, but try to filter out that information guys, because it's not always, it's not always right information. Take what works for you and 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 go hundred miles an hour and, and and build out your own processes. Not everything that worked five, 10, 15 years ago works now. You know what I'm saying? So just learn to learn to to listen to people that know what they're doing and that actually have a track record instead of people that, you know, I started a company and I, you know, I did a couple million dollars, and now I'm the king of the world. That's that's nothing. Like one thing is to make it and then another thing is to sustain it. Um, I have mad respects to, to, you know, Ken Haynes and Leland Smith and Ken Goodrich and Kevin for and, 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 and Phil and, and Rusty and, and, and Brian, Brian Bergeson, like all these contractors that been doing it for five ten I mean, for 10, 15, 20, 25 years and been successful, like, dude, salute to you guys, man. Like you will never, ever hear me talk bad about you guys. I have mad respect for what you've done because I've been doing this for 5 years and it almost drove me crazy and you've been doing this for, you know, 20 25 years and you've been very successful so so tip, hats off to all those guys that that built a successful business and and sustained it for this amount of time because it's it takes it takes a lot of heart and courage to do that 100% 100%
2: agree with you on that <laughs> Oh, so many places I could go. But you know what, actually, it was really, you brought this up during the webinar, and this is something else I, I've never heard before. Your different levels of technicians. You have a level one technician, level two technician, level three technician, and project manager. Can you talk to me about how your technicians are structured and, and why you do it that way?
0: Okay, so we have those, in in, in I'll give you two major, major, um, um, nuggets on this one. Okay. So we have different levels of technicians because obviously we want to make sure we put the right technician in the car of a level one technician is not going to go on a 20 year old heat pump. Um, not, that he does. He's never worked on before. Right. <clears throat> we would send a level three technician to that to make sure that he, um, capitalizes on that opportunity. He's the right technician for that call. So we have three different levels of technician to make sure that they're on the right cause, but they all get graduated every single year as they keep learning like this year, I'll give you a perfect example Um, we had two level three technicians graduate to project manager steve and uh, james have been with me for a couple years and they were level three technicians that were doing amazing their kpis their average ticket their repairs their their turnover ratio were were high so the only thing um, uh, adequate thing to do is to to kind of promote them into project managers and and that made other technicians see that and be like man Steve and, and James are now project managers. Like, dude, I want to get there, right? Because obviously the, the higher you go up the ladder, the more money you're going to make, the better life you're going to have, right? Supposedly. So um, so, so that's what we we structure. We have different levels of technicians, but we also have a climbing ladder so they can have goals. Like our level ones technicians start as level ones. And as soon as they, their KPIs keep improving and they keep learning and, and, they, and they keep doing the right diagnostic, making sure that they generate a ton of reviews then they graduate to a level two. And then we expose them to a different level of, of equipment, right? You know, the seven, 10 year old non-ops that aren't turning on, they're still good equipment, but they're not turning on. So we'll put them on that. And then the level three technicians get like the 12 year plus that are just, you know, shattered equipment. They probably need to be replaced, but we still want to send a technician before we give them a price on the spot or over the phone.
2: Love it. I think that's really interesting. I've never heard that scheduled that way, but I like how it gives your technicians a real uh, career pathing, essentially. Do you ever worry about technicians who get to a project manager level and then want to start their own business?
0: No, I encourage them to. Really? I want them to. And you know what I want to see more? I want to see more project managers, more installers, more technicians start their own business, but I want to see good project managers. I want to see good installers. I want to see good people start businesses. You know what I'm saying? I can honestly, like, I can almost tell you, like, if if, if, if any of my guys came up to me and said, you know what, Ishmael, next year, thank you for everything. I'm going to start my own business. I can honestly tell you from the bottom of my heart that I'll help them out in any way I can whether it's advice, whether it's marketing, whether it's it's structuring the business, whatever it is, as long as they're good people. If they're not good people, I will never help them because I feel like if I can elevate this industry that we're in by providing more good contractors, then everybody's going to benefit. And I am the number one advocate. That's why our slogan on on Avengers is with the industry, for the industry, because I am literally with the industry and for the industry. I want our industry, which I'm selfish to say it's my industry, (laughs) I just wanted to to be a good even playing field where nobody takes advantage of each other. It doesn't have to be twenty thousand dollars for every ticket that you write up. That's not what matters. It's the it's the customer experience. What matters. If I could if I can drill into all the contractors that that, that are listening to me, perfect your customer experience. Your customer experience dictates how much profit, how much money you're gonna be able to, to get for those tickets. If you have a shitty customer experience and you're trying to charge a ton of money, that people are gonna expose you on digital, on Yelp, on Google, and all that. Like there is a so many ways of communication now that you can get exposed on that your customer experience is the number one thing you gotta focus on, making sure that every single customer and you're not gonna satisfy every every single customer. We ride on 4.96 satisfaction. 4.96 out of five stars. We ride a high level of satisfaction, but there's people that we don't satisfy, and I'm the first one to admit. Hey, you know what? We messed up. Let me refund you your money. I'll be the first one to do it. Why? Because if you didn't get that five-star experience for me, you shouldn't get charged for it. So, customer experience, guys.
2: I love it. That's awesome, man. Um, <laughs> talk to me about how you convinced Daikin to brand their their equipment with the next-gen logo. I've never seen that before either
0: that was cool so they came up to me in 2000 when that video that i shot the founder video um they had been telling me to and by the way they told me to shoot that video like a million times just like people tell me to go on podcasts and i never do it like i don't feel like i'm such like worthy to like be saying like giving advice but uh, you know I'll, I'll listen to you jack and I'll, I'll try to help out as many people as i can but they came up to me and, um, and they and they told me they're like, hey, you know, there's only like a few contractors in the nation that could private label the Amana product, which comes with a lifetime unit replacement for both air conditioning and heating. And you know, we want to give you that opportunity because you know we've seen your reviews, we've seen your growth, we've seen the volume, we see your customer service, we see your customer satisfaction, right? So they had done their research on me, and when they provided me that option, I was like, are you kidding me right now? That's like a no-brainer, like. Dude, I literally blasted that everywhere and it goes back to marketing, right? Like some of the billboards that we have just say next gen air conditioning and uh, next gen. And it says lifetime AC replacement or lifetime warranty. They just trigger somebody like lifetime warranty. You know, I got two, two other contractors coming in and they're saying it's a 10 year warranty. Let me call them. Right, so it just triggers a thought in there. So when I got that lifetime warranty from the Mana product, which is made by Daikin, it was a, a no-brainer. I was like, hell yeah, dude! I'm gonna like I saw the marketing aspect of it, and I was like, I couldn't stop. Like we, I, I would sit down in marketing meetings with my marketing team and just talk all day long on how we're gonna be able to provide it for the customer, but we have to amplify this message of lifetime. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, and it came about. And we've been doing amazing for I think going on two years now. It's been It's been a fun ride. The customer satisfaction on our, on our equipment is, is amazing. Like people are so surprised when they see the logo and they see how quiet it is. They're like, holy shit, I thought it was going to be cheaper. I thought it was going to be different. Or I thought it, you know what I'm saying? They had a catch to it. And I'm like, no, man, it's just good equipment.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. What does that look like, you know, down the line with a lifetime warranty? How do you guys keep that profitable after you sell a new unit?
0: So our, our process is um, – our um, our um, lifetime warranty is is underwritten by a MANA product, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, even if I go out of business tomorrow, that unit still has the lifetime warranty with the model and serial number, even though it's under my name, right? There's still – and Daikin's been around for 120 years. It's the largest air conditioning manufacturer. So um, it's underwritten by, by Daikin. So how do we keep it profitable is, is – most homeowners, um, um, if they do move to a different home, the 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 unit stays with the lifetime, not with the homeowner. Right. So if they move to a new home, they have to purchase a new air conditioning, where they have to put, buy a new air conditioning from us. Um, how we make it profitable is is through our 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 um, our X protection plan, which is called the XPP plan. How we track them here, which is kind of like a membership plan. Um, and as long as they're part of our membership, we provide their tuneups, we provide their labor. So as long as, you know, if, if anything goes wrong within that unit, it's a monthly plan that they pay. And uh, if anything goes wrong with that unit, we just go out there and take care of it. That's wonderful. And,
2: and also- then we're
0: able to... <laughs> We're able sorry, and we're able to provide different services. Like we were able to open up plumbing, right? So now we're back in that home. You know, they they love our unit, they love our protection plan, right? Eventually, if we do electrical, eventually if we do roofing, solar, whatever we're gonna do, we're just gonna keep providing value for those customers on 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 our units and on
2: our on our service. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Every time you go to service that unit now, there's an opportunity to be there and evaluate the home. Uh great minds, great minds, Ishmael. You just said you left you let fifty contractors into your home uh, into your home in, into your home, into your shop Get and you, my home. and you coach them. What are some of the most common suggestions you give to fellow contractors?
0: When they come in, I tell them that the, the, the first thing, like I told you in the pot in the webinar and what I'm telling you guys right now, like not everything that I do is right guys to, to to your operation. So come in here and see the broad picture of like what, how we got here and how we're operating the, the, the operation and take little things from here and there. Um, like, like when I grew this company and I kept wanting to learn more, I reached out to like Jerry Bell from Bell Brothers, $60 million company up north. I reached to Leland, uh, $60 million here in Orange County. Like I reached out to them and not everything that they had to say was like, oh yeah, man, I'm going to try right away. No, like some of the things that they said didn't make sense to me. So I didn't try them. And that's what I tell them. Like when you come in here, some of the shit that I do might not make sense to you. Don't do it. Just if you can leave with one thing, right? So one thing I left when, with um, with Kenny and, and Jerry from Bell Brothers, um, we were at a Google convention uh, for the Nest product, and 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 we were talking and you know and, and and just having a good old time, and um and the one thing I never I'll never remember it was my my second year in business, and and he had already heard of who I was all, all the way in Sacramento, right, and everybody had like had been talking about Nestion per se. And the one thing I'll never forget is he turned around to me and said, hey, Ishmael, if you want people to respect you and if you want to uh, have an impact on the business, do things right. Start pulling permits on all your jobs, because at the time, half of our jobs were permitted, half of them weren't, because I didn't know any other better, any anything better, right? Some of the homeowners would be like, no, 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 hell no, I don't want a permit. And I'd be like, all right, cool, let's do the job, not do the permit, right? So so when uh, when uh, um, Jerry had that conversation with me, I I, I, it resonated to me because I want people to respect me, not just because of next I want them to respect the operation that we have. So the next day I, I wrote a, a huge email to all my management team. And I told them from now on, we do not touch a house without a permit, right? Because the liability that if I keep doing jobs without permit, that liability is going to catch up to me. Eventually, if somebody turns me in or I have to go back and do all these corrections for all these things, it's going to cost the company money, right? So as of that time, I think I was a year, a year and a half, maybe into the business. From then on, boom, every house gets a permit. I don't care if the customer wants, I don't care if they don't want, I, they're going to get a permit. Why? Because I need to protect my license. I need to protect my, my company. I need to protect, making sure those homeowners that we're installing a property, right? And that's the one thing I preach to all these contractors. Like when we're out there competing against other people, like half, 80% of the contractors never talk about permits. We love talking about permits. Why? We don't cut corners. We're going to have an inspector come in here and say, this is right, this is right, this is right, that's wrong, that needs to be corrected. You cut corners here, boom, and we take care of it right then and there. Why those guys don't want you to put permits? Because they want to cut corners, they want to cut costs, they want to give it to you for cheaper, right? That's not always right.
2: 100%. We've been talking for an hour now. Is there anything we should have talked about (laughs) that we didn't?
0: Um. If the one one great advice I could, uh, if, if 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 any of this made sense to you guys, and and hopefully I helped you in any way, shape, or form, if the one advice I could give you is 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 learn what you want in life and have fun with it, because life is way too freaking short to be to be doing a job that you're just trying to prove to people that you can do, or to be doing something that you don't really want to do. You know, I lost my dad two years ago and that changed my whole perspective in life through a heart attack. And, um, and now I promised myself to, 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 I'm going to grow next to a hundred million dollars because I want to do it because I enjoy it because I love doing what I do. Right. And if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't be doing it. So the one advice I could give you guys, if you guys are going to keep contracting, make sure you like it, dude. If you don't like contracting, get out of the business, go do something that you like, man. Like there's so many things that you can do in life, like and do what you're gonna enjoy because you're always gonna be successful at that. So, I think that's, that's
2: wonderful that's advice. It. And I'm sorry about I'm sorry about your dad.
0: That sucks. No, no, no. I, I I had a really good relationship with him towards the end of the, of of of, of uh, his time, and uh, and I can't like now I could talk about it. Before I would like cry about it. I'm like, man, I can't even talk about my dad now. I like I come to peace with God and I come to peace with with him. And um, I could talk about him all day long. Dude, that dude was the best dude. That dude, imagine he, we were immigrants, right? We were in Mexico, right? My dad um, my dad immigrated over here. He crossed the border and he brought us from Mexico all the way over here by himself. He came over here by himself, didn't know anybody, started getting a job, making money, and then he, he paid for us to come over here. Like, dude, like, what more can you ask for the dad? You know what I'm saying? Like, he literally gave me the opportunity to be here with you guys. He gave me the opportunity to be in the best country in the world. So I have a really good relationship with my dad. Um, I respect him. I love him. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel bad. I just, I just, I, I, I respect him a lot.
2: That's amazing. That's beautiful. I have five rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Go for it. How do you take your coffee?
0: Um, very sweet. And I don't eat throughout the whole day. I drink three, two to three cups of coffee. And that's the one thing. I don't smoke uh, cigarettes anymore. I don't drink anymore. Um, you know, I stopped all that because I want to get to 100 mil. So now my only addiction is coffee. I love, 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 love coffee.
2: Are, are, you, a, uh, are you a percolator kind of guy? Are you a French press? Are you a pour over?
0: The donut one, the donut shop one. Dude, I'm telling you, Starbucks, all that is cool. Like, I'll get one here and there. I go to the same donut shop at 5, 6 in the morning, grab my coffee. I leave them, like, $50 for the month or for the whatever. I just, she already knows. She grabs my coffee and leaves, and I just grab it and go, and there's a line. And she always makes my coffee perfect. And it's, coffee is, like, if I can't have coffee, I got to have coffee. Three cups of coffee, four cups of coffee, depending on how long my day's going to be. And I'll be good. I don't need to, like, 7 or 8 p.m. or 6 p.m. whenever I get home. Um, because then it slows me down, but I drink coffee all day long.
2: Dang, there you go. I think I might know the answer to this question. If you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be?
0: Um, my mom. Nice. My dad, I had a time with him. Like um, We had a really, really good um, relationship, but I got to meet him. But my mom passed away when I was two, so I never got to meet him. <laughs> so if I could have one person in life, to so have a 1 hour conversation uh for sure my mom
2: Aww. what's the number one thing you're trying to learn more about right now
0: i'm trying to learn more trying to learn more about me because it's um for the last 32 years it's always been about it's always been about people and, and doing things and 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 keep doing this and keep doing that and keep doing you know what i'm saying it's always been i got to get this done and it's never been like I've never really sat down and been like, man, like, what is it that I want? You know what I'm saying? So the, the this whole year and next year, I want to learn more about me. I want to know why I want it so bad. I want to know, like, what gets, like, obviously my family gets me happy. Like, I want to know more about me. I, I don't think I never had enough time to, because I'm always go, 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 100 miles an hour. I got to get there faster. I got to do it faster. I got to do it right. I've never really sat down and been like, Like, what is it that I like? Like, I, like, I love talking to people. Like, what is it that, so to answer your question me, I want to learn more about me.
2: I love (laughs) that. I think that's really great. I try to learn more about me every day, honestly. Um, (laughs) Still can't believe you're 32 and you have four kids. That's insane. (laughs) Um, You were like, yep, I want it. Um, (laughs) If money, if money weren't an object, so you had unlimited resources, what's the first thing you would do?
0: I would employ more good people I'd try to help out. I, I want to employ more people to be able to help them with their journey. I want to, whether it's, you know, being with me for two, three years and venturing off to themselves. If I had more money to grow the company, bigger, go nationwide and employ thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, I would want to do it just so I could meet more people, just so I can reach out to more people. Like, the one thing I told you, like, since, uh, you know, the video that we, you've seen on Titan and the videos that you've seen on the founder, the best part about this whole journey was the people. The people is the, dude, the key is the people, people, people. Don't listen to, don't listen to, hey, yeah, this, this source gives me the best money and the, the people are the best thing. The people are the best and funnest thing about the whole journey. So if I, if I had unlimited money, number one, I would buy myself the Bentley, uh, the, I mean, the Rolls Royce Phantom. Okay, let's get that straight. Royce, Royce Phantom. 26 inch Ford giottos white on white with red interior. Already done, but I would want to employ more people. I want to get bigger. I want to like if if I could get to 100, my next goal. If if I make it healthy, my next goal would be to a billion dollars. If I could turn in this to a one billion dollar industry, that would be fucking, that would be amazing. Like you know, I don't think anybody's uh, you know ever been able
2: to do it. That's awesome, man. And I 100% agree with you. You already dropped a bunch of advice, but final question. What's the number one thing every contractor should do to run a successful business?
0: Employ good people. Bottom line, employ good people. Doesn't matter if if this sales guy comes in and tells you, you know, I sell a million dollars a month. If he's a bad person, it's going to catch up to you. If he's doing shady tactics to get that a million dollars, it's going to catch up to you. It doesn't matter if uh, if they're promising you the world or whatever. Focus on good people and your company will be amazing. Like you'll be profitable. You'll be, your customer experience will be off the chart. Your reviews will be off the chart. Your efficiency will be off the chart, right? If you employ good people, it'll reciprocate to your customers. And that's how you maintain a good reviews, a good process, a good, like people, Focus 100 on the people, making sure that they're good morally um, and ethically uh, um, compatible to your company, and that's it. Don't the metrics and the KPIs and dashboards and all this hundred things that you got going—the noise. The most important thing in the core of the company is the people.
2: 100 agree, Ishmael. I have to say, I really enjoyed spending the morning with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really I tried my best today, exactly. Jackie.
2: Uh, I really enjoyed getting to know you. Thank you so much for being a beloved Service Titan customer and a partner with us. I really think you're doing crazy, awesome things to improve the business and the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I really can't wait to see where you're going to be in like five, 10 years, dude. I think you're going to blow everyone out of the water. (laughs) I hope as long as I'm alive and healthy, God will take care of the rest of me. Thank you for being our guest on Toolbox to the Trades, Ishmael. I really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Thank you, Jackie. Ever wonder how much your business is worth? So many owners ask that question and have no idea where to turn for an answer. In just a few clicks, Service Titan's new Service Business Valuation Calculator can give you an easy and free estimate of the current value of your business. Whether you're thinking about selling your company or looking to track growth, check it out now. Visit servicetitan.com value. Again, that's servicetitan.com slash value. See how much your business is worth today. Want to network with fellow service entrepreneurs and former guests of this podcast? Join our private Facebook group, Toolbox for the Trades, to get immediate access to the best tips, tricks, and tactics from fellow service entrepreneurs. Visit facebook.com slash group slash toolbox for the trades, or click the link in our show notes to join. See you online.